Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Steve. I'm telling you, God uses our praise team every single week, uh, from the slides to the music to the guy running the lights. Uh, God blesses my soul. So uh, would you join me in showing the praise team some love this morning? And I, I have to also add uh, what a blessing Ty has been to, to our church and uh, the way that he leads and his heart just comes through as he worships. And I'm so thankful that God has, has blessed us with him. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to wrap up the Change My Heart series this morning. At least I think we are. Uh, there's one more Sunday in August. We'll stay tuned next week. This morning, we're going to focus on the passion of presence. We could call this passion gratitude uh, expressed towards God. We could call it having a heart for worship. We could simply call it having a thankful heart. But somewhere in the midst of all that genuine passion and emotion is a desire to be in God's presence no matter what. The desire, I, I believe, to be in the presence of God grows as you know God more and more. It comes when you realize that being in God's presence not only changes your perspective on life, it actually changes life itself. Coming into the presence of God, regardless of your circumstances, with thanksgiving, Gratitude, just a desire to be with him is the way to, to succeed, to have victory in life. So I want to answer the question this morning. That desire, that passion is the way to what? Number one, if you're taking notes, the desire for God's presence ushers us into his courts. It is the way we experience him. When you go over to a friend's house, what do you do? You, you, you knock on the door. Uh, if you're really tight, you know, if you're family, you just walk in. You don't even knock. But when you see the person that you came to see, that you're excited to see them. You approach them. Hey, good to see you. Maybe there's a smile on your face. You give them a hug. You embrace. You want to fellowship with that person. You are blessed by simply being together. Your life is richer having spent time with that person. If you're really friends, if you're, if you're really tight, you don't even want anything from that person. You just want time Together. It's not that you aren't willing to do anything. It's not that you won't drop at a, at a moment's notice and do whatever they want. But the reason is you simply love them. If you don't love them, if you don't want to be in their presence, you would have stayed home, right? You, you wouldn't want to be together. Look at Psalm 100 with me, please. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Can, can you hear that longing in the psalmist's voice just to enter the courts of God? He knows God is good and he just wants to declare 
his praises in his presence. On the flip side of that desire to experience God, have you ever tried to make a teenager go over to a relative's home that they didn't want to go to? Have you ever made a teenager go to church when they didn't want to? Remember the look on their face? Mom, Dad, it's so boring. That lack of desire makes the entire experience unenjoyable. You feel bad. It's almost embarrassing. Sometimes you wish you just would have left them at home because they don't long to be in the other person's presence. But you know if they would just change their attitude, their heart, they, if they would just give the relationship a chance, they would have a better time. They might even have fun or learn something because you know the environment you're taking them to is a good one, a loving one. The passion for God's presence ushers us into his courts, and it is the way we experience him. Second, a passion for God's presence is the way to find peace in all circumstances. And I want to look at a story from the book of Acts this morning, chapter 16. Uh, in Acts 16, Paul and Silas have been going around telling people about Jesus and how to be saved. And they run into a girl who has the ability to predict the future. She's a slave girl. And Paul and Silas eventually cast this spirit out of this girl. And her owners realize that their business is now closed. Out of spite. They take Paul and Silas to the authorities and make a bunch of false accusations trying to get them arrested. And it works. Let's pick up the story in verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. First of all, just full disclosure um, if someone made false accusations against me and I got beat with rods and thrown in prison, I would have trouble keeping my peace. I would want to defend myself. I would want to make someone pay for the injustice. I would want to set the record straight with the authorities. I would want the rod in my hands, not your hands. Just say it. We don't see that spirit in Paul and Silas. Instead, we get this glimpse of them praying and singing hymns at midnight. That is a supernatural peace that comes from being in the presence of God. Instead of questioning God and wondering 
why they are suffering for simply setting someone free and spreading the gospel, they have peace. If, if this happened to you, wouldn't you be wondering why God allowed you to be beaten and thrown in prison for doing what God had called you to do in the first place? I would. But instead of getting bitter, instead of getting resentful, they chose to be in the presence of God, and that brought them peace in spite of their circumstances. We can never, and I'm sorry if this is news to you, we can never be fully in control of our circumstances, but we can be fully in control of how we respond to our circumstances. It's a choice that flows from being in the presence of God. Standing up for ourselves isn't wrong. Seeking justice isn't wrong. But in this instance, it's not where the Spirit led them to take their stand. Even though their bodies were in pain from being beaten, even though they may have had questions, even though they may not have understood what on earth God was doing. God was up to something, and they followed the Spirit's lead and were totally at peace in his presence. Jesus, make it so in our hearts. God, help us to trust you in the unknown. God, even in the painful times and seasons in our life, may we sense your hand in our hearts, in our lives. Give us, God, your peace in Jesus' name. The third one is Paul and Silas' passion to be in the presence of God was the way to their freedom. Let's pick up the story with verse 26. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. This had to be another one of those spirit, voice, direction, speak so clearly it's almost audible. Because I'm telling you, if I was in prison and the doors flew open and the chains fell off, I would have taken that as a sign that God was setting me free. Amen? Wouldn't you have interpreted those signs the same way? God is obviously, literally, opening doors for me to get out of prison. I would be like, guys, look what God did. Let's, let's all leave. Don't miss the power of this statement. Paul and Silas were free even though their surroundings had not changed. When the spirit of the Lord sets you free, you are free. What I find amazing is that everyone stayed in that cell. Everyone obviously could sense that God was doing something through these two men who had been beaten and were in prison with them. Everybody wanted to see what God was going to do next. So they sat there 
in the presence of God after worshiping, or at least listening to Paul and Silas worship God. When we choose to be in the presence of God, it will affect those around us. Our gratitude, our peace, our love will affect our friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, even total strangers will see the presence of God in us as we dwell with him. Freedom in Christ is contagious. Number four, the passion for God's presence will lead us, will lead people to seeing the way to salvation. Let's pick up the story with verse 29. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all, to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Paul and Silas sought the presence of God in spite of their circumstances. They didn't need God to change their circumstances first to be in his presence. When God showed up and set them free, they took that as an opportunity to show someone Jesus, not escape. I, I find this a little bit convicting because I know when God blesses me, sometimes I default to just enjoying the blessing of God myself instead of looking how I might pass that blessing on to someone else and show them Jesus. As I was praying about this and looking for an illustration, an image came to my mind. I imagined sitting at a table, kind of hangry, you know, hungry, irritable, and then God miraculously provides like this huge meal and I am so thankful. I can see it in my mind. God, thank you. I was so angry. I was getting irritable. People are getting annoyed with me. And then I start to eat the meal, and maybe I'm eating a little bit too much. And then I look around, and I remember that there were other people at the table with me. And God didn't provide them a meal. He just provided me a meal, but he provided enough for me to share, I just didn't because I was focused on myself. I think if we're honest, we are sometimes tempted to serve ourselves instead of serving others with the blessings of God. We all have gifts, we all have talents, we all have abilities. We were all knit together in our mother's womb with the intent for the purpose of showing other people Jesus. We all have a story of how we were set free in Christ. Our chains may look different than Paul and Silas's, but we were, we're all called to use our story 
and our gifts to reach people who are hungry for his salvation. I love the question that the jailer asked Paul and Silas. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. People only ask that question of people who are using their gifts to bless and serve other people. They don't ask that question of people who are just interested in consuming God's blessing. So where are you serving? What are you doing that allows you to use your gifts and God's blessing to share God's salvation and the good news with people around you. The last point I want to highlight this morning is this. Choosing the passion of God's presence is the only way to let go of the things that have a negative impact on your life. For, for Paul and Silas, Choosing God's presence meant they had to intentionally go to God in prayer and let go of any bitterness or anger for being unjustly beaten and thrown in prison. It meant choosing to show the jailer and his whole household Jesus and letting go of their desire to escape prison and get out of there. Choosing God's presence always involves Letting go of one thing so that you can grab hold of what God has for you. What is God calling you to let go of this morning? Do you need to let go of some bitterness in your heart? Some, some wound that you've been holding on to that's just eating you up? Choosing God's presence is the way you can experience the freedom that comes from offering forgiveness. Maybe it means letting go of some disappointment so that you can experience his peace and his indwelling. Maybe you need to let go of some frustration you've been holding on to. Maybe you're upset because you prayed a prayer to God and he told you no. And you just don't understand why. If that's you, because sometimes... Sometimes I get the sense as I'm writing this that, like, God is speaking to someone specifically or will speak to someone specifically. If you, if you had a prayer and God told you no and you've been holding on to that, I, I want to encourage you with the truth that God told Jesus no. Remember in the garden, Jesus prayed, God, will you... Let this cup pass from me. It, is there another way for you to save these people? Because I, like, I don't want to die. I don't want to be nailed on the cross. And God told Jesus, no. There is no other way. When God says no, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It doesn't mean he doesn't love the person that you're praying for. It doesn't mean that things won't eventually be all right in the end. It means his plan is bigger than you and I can see. And I'm sorry the answer was no. But if you let 
go, I think God will lift a weight off your soul and you will be able to experience his presence anew this morning. It's going to be all right. God actually worked things out much better than Paul and Silas uh, could have ever imagined by escaping prison. Let's finish the story picking up with verse 35. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, something they weren't allowed to do to Roman citizens, even though we are Roman citizens and threw us in prison. And now do they want to get rid of us quietly? <laughs> no. Let them come themselves and escort us out. The officers reported to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they knew their heads were on the chopping block, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from prison, requesting, no longer demanding, requesting them to leave the city. Don't you love it when you get to see God turn the tables on a situation like that? You know, when something is totally bad and it turns out totally good because you know God was involved. His redemption is sweet. I don't know what trial you're walking through. Maybe one of your kids needs to come back to Jesus. It's probably ripping out your heart and maybe you keep thinking you could have done something different. Maybe you're dealing with a situation at work that is totally out of your control and it is stressing you out. You want to grab the bull by the horns, but you know you'll just make matters worse. It could be anything. You fill in the blank. What storm are you facing in life? Do you remember when the disciples were crossing the Sea of Galilee with Jesus and that huge storm came upon them and Jesus was sleeping in the stern of the boat. The, the boat, it says, was about ready to be swamped or go under. How many of you would rather not be in a boat in the middle of a storm that was ready to be swamped? Anybody else but me? How, how many of you would rather be at a resort drinking a drink with an umbrella in it, watching somebody in the storm, in a boat, like through, through a window. Any, anybody else but me? Yeah, that's, I would rather be the one sitting inside the resort going, hey, hey, c come here, look at those people out there. <laughs> I, I don't want to be out there in a boat that's ready to be swamped. But the truth is, and it's the honest truth, the safest place to be is in the boat with Jesus. Because his presence makes all the difference. He is the God who says to seize, quiet, be still, and it becomes completely calm. May we have a passion to be in his presence, church, that is greater than every other desire in our hearts. As we go to prayer this morning, uh, are you facing a storm? W would you let me pray for you? 
Let's, let's go before the Lord in prayer. God, as we come before you this morning, I know that there are brothers and sisters in this room that aren't sure, God, if they're going to make it. Their lives seem overwhelmed. The boat seems like it's going to sink. They're not sure if their loved one will ever come back to you. Things, things are going crazy. Their inner life, God, is underwater. But God, I pray that as we seek you, that you would give us your freedom, your peace, your salvation. God, that we would let go of the things that we just can't hold on to and grab on to Jesus. Because God, you calm the seas and you save lives. God, save us, save our loved ones as we put our hope in you. In Jesus' name.